Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. Uh, this week, I'm catching up with German artist Wayne Horse. How you going? I'm good, man. Thanks. Thanks for taking the time to uh, sit down and have a chat. Yeah, don't mention it. All good. <laughs> so you're, um, you're a German artist, but you're living in uh, Amsterdam right now. Um, like what, uh, what made you move to Amsterdam and uh, how are you finding life over there? Well, I came quite a long time ago. I think, uh, well, I know I moved here in 2001, which is now 19 years ago. And uh, I came back then because I was uh, into smoking weed and art stuff. So I thought I come to try my luck in Amsterdam. And then I did study art in Amsterdam. And uh, yeah, I just uh, I didn't really see much reason to move anywhere else much because uh, I did a fair bit of traveling, but mostly it's easy from here. And uh, yeah, I, I like it here. I'm, yeah. I'm here, I have my friends. It's a good place. Yeah. And, um, and where are you from and uh, how did you get into art? Like originally from in Germany? I'm from Bremen, which is in the north of Germany, uh, kind of close to Hamburg. People might know it from the famous Beck's beer, which is brewed in Bremen. Uh, I got into art, um, well, I've always been drawing. And at some point, I think I was maybe eight or nine years old, I discovered my father's collection of uh, Robert Crumb and Zap comics, all these kind of underground comic books. I was very much into it, especially also because I was just... Uh, almost slowly getting into puberty and there was so much sex in these comic books and drugs and like uh, it was very exciting stuff so exciting that uh, even like later when i got a bit older like all my first erotic fantasies would happen in like kind of black and white sleazy drawing style because that was just what i saw as the first thing uh yeah and then from that later in school Graffiti came and skateboarding and with skateboarding came doing videos with graffiti came kind of daring to do things And yeah from there I just kept going And with and the name Wayne horse is that come from graffiti or is that something um, art related that you've come up with? that is um, I think when I was 17 or 18 and we were inspired by the CKY videos, you know those? The, yeah. Um, yeah, like those. So like our skateboarding videos slowly turned more and more into like this trashing stuff type videos. And uh, also this friend of mine who I started this uh, video skate crew with, uh, he was very much into punk music. And then we started to like create these superhero punk characters of us. And they had special names, of course, because they would do stuff, uh, like stupid stuff. Like, I, I don't know, like senseless <laughs> destroying things and drunk uh, rampage bullshit. Anyway, I was called Wayne McSteel as the very first name. And over the years, it changed to Wayne Lacrosse, which was supposed to be kind of like a gay fashion czar. Then went to Wayne Lambrusco, it's like a cheap wine man over Wayne Champagne. And then in 2003, I uh, made a website 
for the first time in my life. And at that moment, it was Wayne Hawes. And uh, I had the feeling I couldn't break this promise I made to the internet. So I just stuck with Wayne Hawes. Right now, I also like it because I think a horse is a very glorious animal. And um, Wayne Horse has kind of similar phonetics to Villahard. So I'm, uh, I'm happy with the name. Yeah. It's, it's good because it can be, um, it sounds like it could be a real name as well. It could you know be. I mean? like, yeah. Well, I guess it is a real name now because you've made it a real yeah. name. Yeah. But is Horse a legit last name? Somebody called that? Maybe. I'm, sh- I'm sure there is. If you put it in I'm Google, sure. I'm sure someone will come up. <laughs> so, um, so how do you, how did you like um, develop your art over the years? Like, uh, did you always, uh, you know, because you were doing graffiti, were you always doing art alongside that, or um, you know, how, how did the like art sort of more oh, fine art enter your enter your life? Yeah, it's uh, it's difficult to say because I also like up to. Actually, still in a way, like this fine, fine art to me always sounds a bit like a, like an enemy. So not that I don't appreciate it, but like the word is a bit odd. And I think usually what later will be defined as fine art should be something that's not trying to be fine art in the present. Otherwise, there's like this strange incestuous art problem that creates handicapped kids, if that makes any sense. Um, so no, I was like, I was doing comic drawing at first when I went into graffiti, it was mostly character based and I was always at the same time next to it, making other drawings. And, uh, then also these stop motion animations as I got a video camera for skateboarding. So it, it was always for me more about an attitude than about a real uh, label for what is exactly the thing that I do. And, um, yeah, so like, I don't do like, I I wouldn't call myself a graffiti writer anymore just because I don't put the work into it anymore. I do paint a lot of styles almost every day, like just sketching, but I'm just really not in the game at all. Like at all. (laughs) I go out like once or twice a year. Yeah, but it's still, I find it a really important part of, of the whole work. And, and the feeling, like the same feeling that goes through when you do a style is like, it's, it's an attitude thing. Like that same attitude goes into the video or into another painting or like a, any piece of text or something that you write. I think it's like, it's an approach. And with, with your video work, did you, do you see that... Uh working alongside your paintings do you see them as one thing or do you see them as separate activities well i personally of course see them as one thing but i had to many times realize that uh, nobody else really feels that like it's it happened to me quite often that people think i'm a collective and uh, i while i don't mind it that much it's also not the ideal scenario so i would love for people to be able to see that it's it's one thing and uh, I'm, I'm trying to, to make this line more clear, like what connects them. Like it's, in the end, all my work is, is uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's a language. That's how I would describe it. So 
that can translate into the paintings, the drawings, but the same thing can also be in the videos. And yeah, it's, it's a, probably a lifelong task to kind of try and make that work. Yeah. Do you have uh, video installations when you exhibit your paintings? Uh, yeah, I, I try to... Um, usually there's one thing that makes the exhibition start, like uh, what, which I build it around. And then I try to approach that idea from, from different ways. So I would make a video that I think will suit the painting or build a scenario for it. even though the installations I built, they're really fun, but I still have a bit of a problem to, to really accept them as, as a proper legit part of the work rather than just a stage to see the other works, which they are mostly right now. I enjoy to make them a lot, but uh, I have not yet made one that I think could stand alone without uh, the, the other pieces. Hmm. And do you focus more on your video work or your painting? Uh, lately much more on the painting because I got very tired of um, all the tech that comes with uh, making video and all the formats, computer, this, like, I, I just, I don't like to spend that much time in front of a screen. I do like to spend my time painting. So the last two, almost three years, I've spent mostly just painting and drawing. And I really like it. Like it's a, it's a work I enjoy and I see days pass by like, uh, like there were nothing. And uh, yeah, that's, that's great. So like that means I'm uh, much more focused on that right now. Even though I do have a few ideas for, for videos that I want to make, but I'll have to find the right moment to start it and somehow bring it, uh, like make that whole thing happen painlessly for me. Yeah, I agree. I've, um, I've done a few videos in the past and I've, I have ideas to make more, but I just, I'm, I'm the same as you. I've, I've spent so many years working um, at a computer that I just, now that I'm in the studio painting every day, the last thing I want to do is do a project that's all computer-based. It's just, yeah. uh, it just doesn't tempt me at all. Have you, have you had jobs where you've uh, spent a long periods of time in front of the computer? Um, well, jobs like, uh, I just, when was that? I think last year, no, two, three years ago, I made a video series that I would uh, publish every week a video. So I would have to make every week a video and it was just, uh, they were very simple videos. It was mostly text-based, but still it took me a long time and I was all the time in front of the computer and I miss the sense of having something in my hand at the end. And like, it's, I, I don't know, it's not good for me. It's good for me to kind of be, um, like to touch things and like make immediate decisions, you know, like that uh, if you make a line, you made this line and that's, uh, it's there. And like, it's also, it's a bit of commitment. So you can't just undo. I, I like that about real work. It's, uh, I just find it much more charming to, to work with the hands. Yeah. Um, like from, from looking at your work on, that I've seen online, you paint really loose and have, um, like, I haven't gone too far back in your career, but it looks yeah. like, um, you know, you're very comfortable painting in this way. Have you always painted loose or early on, on did you have like a tighter, more constricted style? Yeah, I used to have a very, very different style, which was, uh, I think, until the year 2012. My ultimate aim was to create these uh, images that would look as if they were a print. And... Uh, I kind of got close to that, but then I, I ran into a problem because I saw like uh, 
so what, what does this work communicate to whoever looks at it apart from look at this, I got skills. And I thought it's uh, the most boring message you can carry with your work. And I also like the subjects were very different. And, and I saw like a big mismatch in between the way the work was ex executed and what I meant to transport with it. And that it was just uh, horrible. And next to that, the uh, problem was that as soon as I would start something, I would more or less know what the result would be. And uh, that bored me. And it's, it's a really shit feeling to start something and to be kind of already a bit uh, bored by what your outcome is going to be. So I decided I had to make a big change. And um, what followed was then in 2012, I started to, to do blind drawing. And I was very consequent with this. Like uh, I made for, I think, three years in a row, only blind drawings. <coughs> and I loved it because um, there's a different energy in the line. Like why when you do a line that you define so much, I have the feeling as soon as something goes a little bit wrong with that line, you feel the doubt and you see there's a mistake. Why with the blind line, the line is there. You can later on decide if you like, uh, if, if you objectively, uh, no, subjectively like or dislike this line, but the line in itself is perfect. It's just like testimony to the moment it was made in and that's it. And I, I really like this uh, statement of drawing. Like I, I, was, I, I was on such a mission. I was really convinced by the blind drawing. and. Um, it went really financially bad for me as well because not everybody was on for the trip. But uh, it's, um, it's the most exciting time, you know? Like this, uh, when, when you feel you're on a mission and you're discovering something and you do something that you can... I mean, many people did blind drawing before, but for me, it was a revelation to find this and like to see the... to, to turn the way you create something into part of the concept of what's going to be the result and like uh, just to make it work and like to actually have a need for the thing that you show to be drawn instead of just because I learned how to draw. So there was a lot of um, thoughts with it that I liked a lot, but it took very long until people would also catch up on it. Mm. And it's a big jump going from painting um, all, almost like an illustration to jumping right into the blind drawings. Were you worried that you would, um, you know, you'd, you'd be starting from scratch again or was it like a light bulb moment where it's like, no, this is the art that I want to be making and, and you went down that path? I felt, like a, I felt like a revolutionary. I painted these garages that like massive tits would pop out and then some like retarded looking tigers around and guarding that. I painted myself in a cabriolet and there were like nude policemen carrying me towards the beach while I drink booze. Like it was all... Um, like I would just close my eyes, imagine these bizarre scenarios, make this drawing that's borderline abstract. But like for me, like I, I was very happy with those works. And I felt also a bit, uh, I don't know how you said it in English, like um, as I got like neglect for it, I, I felt like like you wait and see, like because I had the feeling there's some, some truth in the, like, it sounds so corny to say it now, but I, I really, um, I was so excited about the work and I had the feeling like for, for like I'm, I'm daring to do something now while I had the feeling before I was trying to please and uh, kind of uh, giving into the, the expectation of the viewer while I had the feeling at this moment I'm actually dealing with the feeling and like uh, like I have a potential to, to reach people much better 
in in the long run. So, yeah, it was like at the time, of course, I, I doubted, but uh, I'm, that's the one thing that I'm in the end amazed by, like in this long, long time that I work, that I never really lost trust. That I always had like, uh, I never had a problem of, uh, oh, oh shit, this is not going to work. Like I, I just, I always think I'm doing the shit, you know, <laughs> like that's, uh, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's difficult, but uh, yeah. It's a great place to be in as an artist, though, like being so confident with your work and loving what you're doing and knowing that this is the work that I, I want to be doing. Because, you know, a lot of artists have self-doubt. Like, am I doing the right thing? What, what do other people want to see? And all these type of thoughts. Where, where to be in a position where you, you're confident in what you're doing and you're doing, um, you don't care what other people think. That's, that's a real powerful position for an artist to be. It's true. I sound a bit more like a hero now than I really am. But, but uh, the thing is that like, I don't, I don't um, mm, I'm not a hundred percent sure of what I do, of course, but I have the feeling like if uh, I always had this reaction, like in case there is like a, a bad reception of a work, or like I'm, I'm, I'm not doing so well with the work. From that I learned, okay, at least I have to do well from the work. So like, I always stood very much in a conversation with what I do and how I feel. And uh, I had to be excited. Like for me, that's the, the main factor. Like if you want to eventually excite other people, I think you have to be the one that's like really taking something from it and, and grows. And as long as the work changes and somehow excites me, there's at least some kind of fire that uh, keeps burning. Mm, totally. But even a bad reception for the work, like that doesn't really, um, yeah, who really cares, you know, because there's lots of famous artists out in history who have had bad receptions for their work at the moment, but then they, those, those same bodies of work go down in history. Like even when like uh, Matisse started doing his cutouts, everyone was saying, oh, he's, he's gone insane and he's, he's turned into a baby. He, he can't even paint. He can only use scissors now and all this type of stuff. And you look at it now and, and he knew in his, he knew that it was a style that he's been looking for and it, yeah, no, you know, he was on his yeah. deathbed doing it and just loving it. Um, I guess, yeah, you cater to, to public opinion. You're probably not going to do stuff that will stand out. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, so with these, uh, these blind paintings, I've, I've watched videos of you doing them and you seem to um, be able to get the proportion and, and you seem to be able to jump around the painting quite well and know exactly where everything needs to be. Like, is that just a, from uh, practice or like, how, I don't know. I just thought if I was to do that, I'd be going off the edge and then I wouldn't, I'd take the pen off and try to find the new point and I'd miss it. And, you know, um, well, there's uh, like, I'm, I have all, all sorts of rules that, um, First of all, I really like it if, if it goes really wrong. And uh, in a way, the whole reason why I started this, uh, this technique was to, to make the mistakes a plus instead of a minus so that they add to the, to the result in the end. And uh, that the proportions are vaguely okay. I think that's just practice that, uh, that I did it a lot. And... Um, Though, like in the later years, what I would do is that, uh, because also right now I don't paint entirely blind or anything, but um, I try to, to uh, follow this rule that as soon as I do make the line, I'm not allowed to look anymore. So like I can position in between, but I want to keep a certain element of randomness in the creation that uh, 
that I don't fall into what I know instead of what I um, feel. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it always has to be a bit out of what I can do. Like that's the, that's the, the key to it, in my opinion. So I have to try to do something I can't really do and then follow through with it. And somehow that works. Like also those proportions are probably worse than, than you see them there now. It goes the same with right now I'm doing perspectives or, or now that I started to paint an oil, I'm doing shades. And the perspective, just like the shades, they're crazy wrong. The only thing is that I do them. And then the viewer will kind of write in the wrongs in their head. It's a very strange process, but it, but it really happens. Like I don't think about it a second. Hmm. Yeah. And with, um, so are you still uh, painting in that way? Like uh, doing any yeah, mind yeah. paintings? Yeah, like the um, underlying layers of almost anything I paint is uh, is done with this technique. Yeah. Okay. And what and those pink paintings you've been doing are they blind ones or are they? Uh... The pink painting is it the ones of this uh, guy, like the king being served uh, grapes, the king at the beach eating pizza, things like that. No. Um. Oh, I saw on your Instagram you had a whole lot of. Uh paintings that were really loose and and i think they had like oh a, recent ones yeah 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 okay those are like um that's because uh, i paint an oil now and oil is um it's a very different obviously very different medium than before i used to work mostly black and white mostly line based and um what i like about the oil is that all of a sudden like really work becomes a part of the work while when I did all the lines, everything is decisions. Like each line is a decision and it becomes a very exhausting process. Like in these oil paintings also, the most exhausting part is to sketch up the whole um, scenario before I start filling the filling in and all that takes very long, of course. But um, the lines are like the, the decision process. But as oil is so slow, I have always on the side a couple of pieces of paper on which I just uh, do shapes and I do each day, let's say, well, not each day, but like quite often I just do those on the side, like just some very aggressive, quick things to um, balance the, the energies. So I, I, yeah, I always work at a lot of works at the same time. And just to have those a bit more aggressive acrylic paintings on the side, which are like straight squeezed from the tubes and all that, it's, uh, it helps me to sometimes when I work a whole day on like a bucket or something like that, then I need to finish a, a painting in, in five minutes and like just throw it out, see tomorrow if I like it or not. It's just something to, to keep the mind also going a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I do, I do the same. I, um, if I'll be working on a, a large painting, but on the wall next to it, I'll stick. Like at the moment, I've, I'm looking at my wall. I've got um, nine sheets of paper on the wall and I'll yeah. be working whenever I've got the paintbrush in my hand, there's paint left on the brush. I'll, I'll clean it off and add to this painting and then testing the spray yeah, paint exactly. as well. And you know, I, I know I'm, and, and you see these great paintings just evolve and they're so carefree because you, I find that I get caught up in the outcome of what this big painting is going to look like. And with those little ones on the side, I have no, um, I don't care about yeah. the outcome of them. And they, they often have a lot of freeness to them. And that's where all my learning comes from. Whereas yeah, with the big true. painting, I, I sort of, I go through the motions. Yeah. Yeah. I always try to, um, I 
always try to to mess up a big painting as soon as possible because mm. um like i have a problem like if there's a painting and like everything went well up to now or something you know like uh, it becomes kind of holy and like whatever you do you start to get more careful more careful and that just my opinion has a bad um, influence on the, on the result so as soon as i really severely mess up the painting afterwards begins a process of saving the painting and like much more is allowed and uh, that's just um yeah this being my technique for a long time i think in in 2007 i was on on this um kind of painting tour and among other there was uh, will barris was traveling with us and i was doing a lot of things with him at that time and like uh, i think he told me this thing about saving the painting and i i, I kind of harbor that wisdom ever since and, and really helps me a lot yeah so can you explain that a bit more uh, saving the painting it means that uh, that you you mess up your painting first of all you make it like you you just destroy all the uh, holiness of this painting that it's just like you have a feeling it cannot get much worse from here. And that means whatever you add kind of improves the painting and you will feel much more free to, to create a work that in the end has a different energy than if you just about managed to slide along without messing something up. So it's, it's basically just to, to go in full. You know, like that's a, it's, a, it's very liberating in my opinion to just have it messed up already. And then you come and you just keep working on it. Mm. That's that's great. I love it. I've uh, I've got my own theory on on paintings because I mess up paintings quite often. And uh, Please tell me. but I, I I just I look at them and go, it's not messed up. It's just not finished yet. And then I won't. And and then it'll be exciting because I won't know what it's going to look like when it's finished. And so I have to go on that journey of discovering what goes where and what goes next with this painting in order to fix it up and get it to a position where I can consider it done. And okay. sometimes you can end up with a very thick painting because it's, it's you're just adding more and more layers, and it's not good if you've got a um if you've got time constraints on it. But if you've got no time constraints on a painting, I, some of them can go on for months and months. Uh, yeah. Some can go on for years for me. I've had I've had exhibition. I mean, I've had paintings that have been in um, two or three exhibitions, and they're back in my studio, and I um I'm looking at them now, going, gee, it's not finished. And it's, oh yeah, um, yeah, that also happens. I, I, I love it. I love. Uh, I love. Can you know keep work, you know working on them even after they've been exhibited, and it's it's like it's a sign. The fact that they didn't sell in the exhibition is a sign that it's still not finished. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean that's a it's a similar it's a similar approach. I suppose everybody has their ways to to uh, make it possible to work. Mm. Yeah, it's good. It's it's great to find out more because you know. As artists, we get stuck, especially if we're working um, on our own in the studio. You've got no one to talk to. <laughs> You're looking at yeah. something. And you, the worst feeling is not knowing if it's good or not and, uh, and not knowing what to do with it. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah. Like I, not knowing what to do with it somehow, that, uh, that helps me quite often. Like to, um, to, to just feel like, uh, okay, like why the hell am I doing this right now? That's for me that's uh that's that's good like it's it's nice to not be able to pinpoint exactly why you're excited about what you're doing at that very moment and then to like slowly get to it mm, i i like that process yeah 
So um, I really love these uh, these party scene uh, paintings you've been doing. Um, yeah. how, how did they come about? How did the idea to do them come about? Um, it came like it came pretty much out of the complete blind drawing period, and in in like um, end of two thousand fifteen or something. I started missing to to work longer on pieces. And that's when I decided there should be a rule that I can open my eyes in between and replace things. And that allowed me again to do arrangements because before it was always only one figure in the middle of some piece of paper or canvas or whatever, and, and that's it. So like with the party scenes, all of a sudden I could create rooms and do compositions again, which is something I always enjoyed a lot, but I had cut it out of my practice because I was so upset with where I drove my practice beforehand. Um, the party scenes then came, uh, why did I come up with the party? I'm, I'm fascinated with Ibiza and Mallorca and Loretta Mar, like all these uh, holiday destinations where people drink themselves into unconsciousness. and. Uh, what I did at first was to take photographs of those nightlife scenes and then dress those people in uh, proper outfits, like some ties, a nice jacket, an evening dress. And um, with that, it kind of went on by itself. Like those became like very stylish scenes, like all kind of looking like the 1920s. Now we're in the 20s again, but I start those drinks like already uh, three years ago but it slowly went there and I had the feeling there were also kind of similarities in between the two 20s we're having then through that also I got to see more of the works of uh, George Gross and Otto Dix because people came to me and told me look uh, it's very similar to those works and then I saw even other works in their catalog which are also similar to things I, I was very happy to discover these well I, I knew about them before but I didn't know like how close those works were sometimes and I was very excited about that and uh, so I kept creating more parties what I like about the party as well is it's um, in a way it's familiar in a way it's 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 such an alienating place like you're always in between the highest emotion and like absolute downfall you know like when you're just going up on the on the rush before you can't really keep your head straight and like try to not puke and uh, yeah, I was interested in the way a night develops. I like the party also as a symbol of, uh, of joy, at the same time of ignorance. It has a lot of, a lot of elements in it that I really enjoy. And uh, I'm, still, I'm still not done with it yet. So let's see for how long that will uh, feed, feed me. Yeah, that's good. Don't, don't stop. I love them. With, um, Thank you. They seem very popular amongst uh, people I've spoken to over here. I know two art collectors in Melbourne and who own the, one, one yeah. each of them. Oh, yeah. So I didn't really get what you said. Uh, I know two, two separate people who own one of those um, party paintings of yours. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah it's, um, I met um, in Miami last, last year. I met these collectors from, I think, I think from Melbourne, San, Sandro. Yeah, yeah, they're one of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, and I thought maybe through them that like the word spread or something like that. But yeah, very nice. So far away, I don't think I myself will ever set foot 
into Australia, but it's uh, it's nice to hear some works are there. Yeah. Uh, why not come over here and have an exhibition? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but I'm uh, kind of, I really don't like to fly. I'm, uh, I'm afraid of death. Okay. And <laughs> so I, I, uh, I mean, it gets better the older I get, obviously there's less at stake. Then again, I have a kid. Mm. So again, more at stake. <laughs> it's like leveling back and forth. But yeah, it's such far travels. I have to have a real good reason to come over. Like a, a, or take it in very small steps or something like that. Mm. Who knows? I'm yeah. uh, mostly in my areas. Yeah, fair enough. So, so getting back to your large uh, party scene paintings, yeah. do, you, do you approach them as, uh, do you consider them to be drawings or paintings? Because they have a, because you do them mostly just in black, they have a, a drawn feel to it ah, you know, okay. Okay. like like an ink drawing or something yeah i did consider them painting just as uh, as they are on canvas and they have like they're pretty um they're pretty thick like the the layers underneath that's all uh, i use a, a knife to spread all the paint so they are kind of paintings even though they look pretty close to my ink drawings so it's uh, very different in size and the feeling how how I work them is also very different. So, yeah, now that I do also the, the oil pieces, they seem more like paintings than those uh, black and white party scenes. But in the end, it's just like add adding even another layer to it. So, yeah, they're all paintings for me. Whatever is done with paint, I call painting. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm the same, even if it's just one color. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you know what you're going to paint before you start painting or do you um, have lots of reference? Um, I do have, uh, I have several ways in which I, which I do this. Like sometimes I really plan, like I also, I collect a lot of source material for, for all my paintings. And then what I like to do is to, mix up my uh, nightlife, nightlife photography with great battle scenes because they kind of look the same. Like in a lot of the photographs you see of drunk fights in, in the street, they have a similar aesthetic to like glorious, big ancient battle scenes you might see like at a museum or something. And I, I like that. I like this... Uh, similarity in there and so that's uh, that's a joy of mine to combine those worlds then again the more it's planned the less again it becomes interesting for me what what will be the result so i have to at some point destroy this plan that i make and uh, get into open waters again so each painting is a is a mix of some things that i pretty well prepare for and then i come back the next day to the studio and will destroy what I did the day before and then the next day and then it's uh, it's always as if I try to put on two characters to create something to the, to the very end and I need both of those elements otherwise the more I execute an idea to the end the more I have the feeling it becomes very stiff and, and by that a bit boring and if I dare to allow myself to also come in and just add some complete madness onto it then uh, the reasonable me can come back in and try and fix it but still the result is going to be more interesting 
Mm. Do you do you also do you work um, towards bodies of work for an exhibition or something, or do you just go into the studio every day and just paint freely and what comes out comes out, and then you exhibit it? I work towards bodies of work, but um, more in a, in a field like just I'm interested in certain things. And for the time that I'm interested in this thing, I will have all my work rotate around it. And that is right now this whole party thing, but it's still infested by uh, what I had before. And still very much in there's like all these motivational coaches and uh, the religion of the career religion and uh, kind of disbelief in God, like being replaced by celebrity and all these strange western beliefs and like i'm very much into that so like of course all my work rotates around that then there's also the the aspect of um i might make a video series or i make like a like you said before like this acrylic on paper series of those uh, motivational dream quotes the, the aggressive uh, paintings i do next to the other ones and uh yeah it's it's always all around uh like with the aim to create a certain body that will then speak about this topic so i could move on to the next afterwards but it takes years until i'm I'm done with one thing so many shows will be part of one body of works mm. do you, and do you exhibit a lot a lot um again yes i didn't exhibit that much for a while but uh, lately there's been a lot of opportunity for me to show works and I, anyway, regardless of a show coming up or not, I do work all the time. So, uh, yeah, I don't manage to do more than, let's say, one top, maybe two proper shows a year, though, because I'm uh, otherwise I run out of juice. You know, I mean, the shows have to be good. And I don't want to just kind of bring this here and there. I want to have like a proper statement with each show. And mm-hmm. therefore, I try to keep it a bit... Um, easy on myself i don't want to destroy myself over this yeah makes sense all right wayne do people call you wayne people call me wayne yes yeah all right wayne you ready for some uh, rapid fire questions i'm ready all right um name one artist who you think deserves more shine um yeah i've been thinking about that one so uh I really like this artist, but I suppose has quite a lot of shine. Just was new to me. It's um, Ski, S-K-K-I. And I especially like this Instagram feed. There's a lot of very good photographs. And yeah. uh, for me, it seemed a bit like, a, I mean, I, I kind of know it's a legendary artist, but uh, I, I don't know much about, about it at all. So I find that a very quality artist. Yeah, I agree. Then and that one, then there's another guy that uh, really would like to have more shine, so I'm gonna give it. And it's the artist Brian David Downs, who kind of just keeps sending me his works and checks on, on uh, like, just keeps me updated on it the whole time. And there's some pretty nice works, so for everyone who wants to check it out, check him out. Yeah, I'm just writing it down. Um, what medium would you love to work with? Um, I would love to find a medium that makes sculpture actually like in which I could properly sculpture because I didn't find that. Like it's, uh, I've been trying with clay a bit. I've been working with wood. 
I've been uh, doing like these foam type things, but it seems pretty tough for me to find a, a material with which I could make sculptures that can be also of a decent size and that's workable for me, myself. I, I don't know what it is. So like that's something I would love to have. Mm, another avenue for you to explore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm the same. I've played around with clay a bit and I play, uh, played around with metal as well. But yeah. man, sculptures, they're, they're just a different thing altogether. <laughs> you try to, you have a painting and you try to make a sculpture out of the image that you work with in your artwork. And it just, it's so hard to uh, turn it into something three dimensional. Yeah, I would, I mean, like in the end, of course, I would love to do like something like these uh, massive bronze sculptures of, of my scenes or something. But first of all, I would like to be able to just create one character and I want to do it in the, in the size that it should be eventually. And I don't, don't know. I really don't know. I would have to find somebody to advise me on it. Mm. And there's plenty of people out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's one skill you wish you had? Uh, skill. Must be something like bodily, I guess. Um, maybe, maybe it would be nice to, to like really be good at climbing or something. To like free climb. I, I don't know, like something that's like out of the skills I have. Uh, Are you naturally an active person? Pretty much, yeah. Like I, I move quite a lot. I like to be outside. Yeah. I think it's important for an artist. Like I go some days where I get, I drive to the studio, I'll get here and I won't, um, I won't go outside until I jump in the car to drive home again. And that's the whole day yeah. gone. But it has, yeah, to, be a, has to be a rainy day to be like that. But some days, oh, if it happens day after day and it's been bad weather, it, I don't know, I get cabin fever. Yeah, no, me too. I need to tire my, myself because I used to be a skateboarder and I really liked that feeling of uh, after a long day of skateboarding, you, you lie down and you really have to lie down. And let's uh, try to get that through like other sports every once in a while. Yeah. Have you thought exhaust yourself. Have you thought about getting back on the board? I have also been back on the board, but I'm just a shameful skater these days. <laughs> like, so, which is okay too, you know? Like, um, I mean, I also like to just cruise around a little bit. Like the whole thing of skating is not so much about like being good at the sport in, in, in the first place. But uh, yeah, right now, like I mostly do those things I do alone and I like to just be on like long rides with the bike, for example. Like uh, on that also, it's a bit like exploring or bring a camera or some paint or whatever and do some stuff along the way. Kind of became yeah. my own solo skating thing. Yeah, that's good fun. Um, who are some of your favorite artists? There's uh, really a lot and um, changes often. Like very influential on me would have been um, Robert Crumb because kind of who started it all for me. Then there's this Belgium artist, Wim Delvoy. It's the guy who built Cloaca. Do you know about that? No. It's, um, it's a machine that produces shit. So like you put food in the front and then it is after like all sorts of processes, shit will come out at the end of this machine. And uh, this guy is doing a lot of different things. He also built these football goals of uh, church windows. And all. I find uh, a lot of pretty humorous and smart things. And uh, I like that. 
Then another artist is uh, Olaf Bräuning. He's like a photographer, but also painter and sculptor. Um, then of course now I really got into like all these people like Otto Dix, Max Beckmann, George Gross. I find it amazing. Um, Cool. Then an artwork I saw, sorry, one more, is, uh, hey, that I found really impressive, is by uh, Richard Moss, who's a photographer. I think he did like a lot of war photography and he made this one video installation and like, I usually have problems with video installations and like giving my time and like knowing how to appreciate it or something. But it was just one room that was full of screens and he filmed in a, in the war area, I don't exactly know where, but that's also the nice part that it kind of takes away from the actual conflicts you know about. And he filmed with this uh, ultralight film or something, it turns everything pink, like all the ground is pink. And uh, it just seems like a, like a war on a different planet. And like you're in the middle of this installation and there's six or seven screens at the same time and every once in a while shit breaks loose on one of them. And you really feel the tension when you sit in the, in the middle of it and it's a, uh, it's exciting at the same time it seems like so far away and also it really lays bare like the like without knowing of the conflict you see like the just the nature of the thing that it is this this war and i found that so strong like it really uh, i think about this installation really a lot it's now already years ago i saw it but uh, that makes uh, richard moss also one of my favorite artists for sure yeah i, I saw one of his uh, exhibitions in london a few years ago it was amazing. It was all it was a photography exhibition, but all all the soldiers' uh, uniforms and everything was all um, you know uh, purple and violet, and then yeah. rolling hills and and everything's in. It's it does look like you're on another planet. It's crazy. Yeah, it's 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 also like because it's beautiful, and at the same time you like you start to really not understand the conflicts anymore. All that and that's uh, yeah, it's great. I think it's a very very good work. Yeah, my first um, thoughts when I saw it, because I, I, did, I just went into the gallery, I didn't know what was on. And yeah. my, my first thought when I saw it was like, wow, the, these, um, there's conflict going on in an area that's so, it's got so much lavender growing that they, the soldiers have to wear purple camo. And then oh, I looked yeah. closer and then realized there was a filter on the camera and everything. But that was my first thought. <laughs> but, um, but I also saw a, uh, a, a Limdale Voy um sculpture as well uh they've got we've got one here in australia the shitting mm -hmm. machine at uh at mona in tasmania okay yeah yeah it's, it's really popular <laughs> a couple of people is, like yeah i saw like it um, there and watch it shit <laughs> yeah. yeah feed it things yeah. i saw it in, uh, in in venice i think also 2009 yeah but it was also like yeah he made a lot of things like he also had like all these I think uh, biker tattoos on pigs or something like that. All this, I always find it weird, like these purely idea-based artists. Like, I mean, I like the conceptual work, but it's crazy when you always jump from one like idea to completely something else. Like, uh, I wonder like, what's the studio time in between ideas it must be a fucking nightmare. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I like, I like that though. It gets back to, um, what we're talking about people like being confident in who they are as an artist and doing exactly what they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I like, yeah, I like artists that jump around. Like a, uh, me too, for sure. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm just mm. thinking like, what's there um, like in between gears, 
you know, like uh, for example, if, if you, you have like some kind of a core practice that you can fall back on to, to generate a new idea or like, otherwise you just have to trust to f think of something new before you finish the last one or you're sitting in an empty room. That's what I'm, what I mean. Yeah. I find that admirable, but also difficult to, I think it's a difficult to handle situation. Yeah. I think some, some pieces take a lot longer to create as well. So you might work, be working on one idea for several years, but while yeah. those years yeah. are ticking over, you're doing lots of paintings and, and working on other things that, have deadlines, you know, while this other one could be a slow burner in the background. Um, so uh, what advice would you give your younger self? Oh, that, I don't know. I mean, everything came how it came. It was a pretty up and down road, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with where I am now. So I don't really want to mess with my past me to try and make him any, any better. Like, I think is all good like in the end it worked out and it was uh, i think i don't really regret any actions or something so yeah. no advice yeah that's good so, yeah perfect everything's perfect yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good way to look at things you know um so do you uh do you keep regular uh, regular work hours very much yeah i work from um during quarantine i used to work very early in the morning because we had to share the time with the kid but yeah usually i work from uh, let's say 8 30 9 in the morning till 5 5 30 in the afternoon unless there's uh, um, something coming up that's uh, like getting pretty uh, uh, urgent so then i might put some night shifts in but mostly i work uh, during the day same is because my studio is in a it's in a big restaurant and i'm done with working before guests come in and if oh, yeah. I work while guests are in there, I'm in a kind of a different level, but still um, it gets very hot up there. There's maybe 400 guests or something. It's a big, big, big restaurant. So, uh, yeah, I, I try to just work during the day. Yeah, I'm the same. I, I, I love it. I love keeping work hours. It really, you, you can switch off from, uh, you know, from, from the art and just chill out and have time. And I think feel it's easier to socialize. And yeah, to, very uh, much. And to relax, because otherwise you feel like you should be doing something. And um, no, it's good to be done. Yeah. 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 Got it done. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with you as well. Do you have a uh, a dream project you'd love to work on? Um. No, I don't. I just see where it goes. Like I, I like to um, make my work create the the projects for me. There's, um, you know, the, I asked you, I think, to watch this Walrus video I made, right? Mm -hmm. Did Did you watch that video? Uh, yeah, I did. I did. Okay. And that's like, for me, an example of what, uh, what a work can do. So like, uh, I, I just run through it really quick. Okay. Yeah, guys. For the, for the listeners. So I'm, I was invited to be a cameraman on a, on a porn shooting, like a furry porn movie. And I had never been in such a scene, so I thought, why not? Maybe I can learn something. But I made a condition, and my condition <clears throat> to be cameraman for this shooting was that uh, we would create a walrus character to be part of this whole film thing. And uh, my wish was granted, so I had this walrus. And we were shooting in a, in a locked-off gym of a high school in Amsterdam. It was very dodgy, and like the 
boyfriend of one of the actresses was guarding the door. It was very strange. And like also the, all the suits had all the holes in the wrong places. It was a, a, a big, like the disaster porn movie in a way. But in the lunch break, I shot the scene of this walrus that uh, was the first walrus video where the walrus is uh, slowly going into the shower. And then I start making walrus sounds while the walrus rolls around. At home, I checked this footage. And I really didn't know why the hell I did that. And I thought, like, it's, I got a very really weird feeling watching it as well because it's kind of funny, kind of threatening. In any case, seems like way too much effort into what, like, compared to what the result of this whole thing is. And uh, so that was like an idea I really didn't know what to do with, but it was so over the top that I had a hard time to let it go. So I decided to to do more of it together with the producer of this uh, film. Like she actually initiated it, and then she also said, "Like this, this walrus stuff is is bizarre." So we kept on shooting the walrus, and at some point, like it was also weird because I had to pay the woman who was the walrus every time for an afternoon to shoot walrus videos, and. Uh, at some point, like I wondered, how long can art still be the the disguise for me paying this woman to drive like into the industrial area and have her roll around on the ground while I film her making these sounds? And uh, I was just about to quit when then German TV called me and said uh, we would like to show this walrus in our TV show, and like they have an audience of like millions of people. And that was so strange. And I remember I couldn't reach the actress anymore. She got the boyfriend who wasn't really happy with her walrus activity. I didn't tell the TV station. I was just on a train with my walrus suit in the back, sitting in this train bistro, drinking a beer and wondering how I would find somebody willing to show their ass in this walrus suit in Berlin for the shooting the next day. And I loved that. Like it was a task. Like I would have never come up with this kind of a thing, but it was just like, I, I trusted the work and I, I followed that work. And in, in exchange, that work just brought me into completely unexpected situations. Like then we were like in this TV studio and uh, afterwards the, the German rainbow press, like some other TV show host claimed he was the walrus and like there was discussion in the media. It was just bizarre. Like I, I looked at it from the side and I thought like, man, nice. I didn't give up on this walrus in the first place. So that's how I like it when it goes with projects, that the project will take you by the hand and the world in connection with the project will create a completely different situation that you couldn't see coming. And then again, build up on that, like just to keep a conversation going and in and, uh, and the best case and enlarge it and create like unexpected even for yourself situations and experiences cool do you um do you have any plans for your art career or do you just like uh letting it um pan out as it did with the wars video uh, yeah it's like i mean obviously i uh, would uh, like to make like a more museum shows and all this and which is slowly picking up but uh, yeah i will like work-wise the work doesn't have to have that in mind. Like the work just has to do its thing. So I will follow it. 
that's that's it. Yeah, my approach is pretty much similar to the Walrus. It's also to, to towards the where I want to go with the work. Cool. <laughs> um, do you have any uh, future plans or projects that you're working on? Right now, yeah, I have um, a big show coming up in Enschede in September. I think it was supposed to be in June, but now it's being postponed to September. Uh, so I produce quite a lot of works for that. Then another show also this year still in, in Paris, but it's a smaller one. I just uh, do a few works for that. And then also next year's like it's right now, there's a lot of stuff scheduled. So like uh, you will see it come by. I think I will make people know. Hmm. Did you have many projects postponed for COVID? Uh, yeah, quite a few, even though mostly they were fairs and then they did all these online viewing room things. So it's more or less the same if I would have stayed home. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's just, it seems like all of a sudden the end of the year is really busy, which I thought would be completely empty. So it's just, uh, yeah, everything moved like three, four months to the part, to the, to the future. Yeah. Was that a good thing for you? Cause I've had the same um, thing happen with a few projects and it's just, it's just been nice. I was really racing to get them finished and then everything got postponed and I'm still working yes. on them. And it's like, wow. It's, uh, same for me. It's the same for me. Also, I had like really a lot lined up for the beginning of the year. I wasn't sure how to really make it all happen. I would have managed, but it would have been like a very, uh, kind of uh, nervous breakdown risk running enterprise. So now, now I do everything in, in good time and it's, it's nice. I enjoy it. I do enjoy in general, like this uh, big patience that came along with the whole lockdown. Like everybody has the same problems. So like everybody got so patient. That is something I, I like. Hmm. Yeah. I know at first I had a lot of people calling me up saying, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And it's like, don't worry. Everyone in the world's in this situation. It's yeah. Yeah. You know, it's good. We're going to be fine. <laughs> Apart from the people who passed away, obviously, which obviously, you know, yeah. Uh, on that note, <laughs> we'll start wrapping this up. Um, so, so uh, where's the best place for people to find you online? Well, right now you can check the Instagram Wayne Horse. I'll put pretty much every day something, and uh, otherwise, like either my website or like any of the two galleries I work with. But you find it all through Instagram, I guess. That's the easiest way. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, uh, thanks for taking the time to sit down and have a chat. It's been, uh, it's been great. Like, I've been a big fan of your work for a while now, and it's, um, it's really good to find out more about you. Nice. Thank you very much, man. Happy to hear that. Yeah. It's been, it's been fun.